The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Awaken to the Divine Within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm really glad you could tune in today because... I have a really interesting guest, and I think you all are really going to be fascinated with the information that we're going to present to you today. So think about the word shaman. You know, what do you think of when you conjure up that word? It might be the image of a Native American in ceremonial dress, maybe with a drum or rattle, chanting some kind of incantation. Um, You know, some of that might apply, but shamanism is actually a lot more than that. And we're going to really dive into this today. More and more people are becoming interested in this ancient practice. And my guest is going to explain what this is and how you can benefit from bringing shamanic practices into your life and more specifically our power animals. Allison Charles is a revered shaman, seer, and spiritual teacher who leads global courses, events, and talks to reconnect people to their fullest power and confidence through sacred practices and rituals. And she's been featured in many media outlets like the New York Times, HBO, National Geographic, O Magazine, and others. And she's also the host of the popular Ceremony Circle podcast and the author of the book Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So welcome, Allison. I'm, I'm so glad you could spend some time with us. Thank you. Yes. I love that intro. You have such a wonderful radio voice. My background, before I had my spiritual awakening, I I was a morning show host and radio and television host. So I definitely have an ear for a radio person and you've, you've got it dialed in. So thank you for that beautiful intro. And yeah, we have lots we can cover today. I'm, I'm an open book and ready for any of it. That's so cool that you have a radio background. We could probably trade stories, you know, for hours on that. But the funny thing is, speaking of radio and DJs, you know, when I was first told about your work and I read that you were the rock star shaman, you know, being an old DJ, I thought rock star, you know, like Robert Plant or something like that. I said, okay, so she's the quote rock star shaman. But then when I started reading the book, rock star really means something else. So I guess we I guess we could start there like what 
you know, where was my, my head was going in a, in a certain way, but really rock star is something else. Totally. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> that name has taken me on a never ending medicinal voyage. I have to tell you. So the way that that birthed in, I had already had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening moment. So for me, those two things happen simultaneously. And uh, it's one of those stories where a person's life changes in the blink of an eye and uh, the veil the, the veil of illusion and denial that I had very tightly encased over my entire being uh, got lifted and the egoic shell got obliterated and I started to see truth. And from that very pivotal life-changing day, I then opened myself up to true surrender. And I finally was willing to get out of my own way. And I started to speak to great spirit and speak to my own soul and speak to great mother earth and say, wow, I am not at all the person who I thought I was. That previous relationship that I was in was not at all what I thought it was. And this entire earth existence and earth walk is different than what I thought it was. So show me the way I'm calling in support. And after I spoke that surrender statement, uh, what I was very willing to do and continue to be willing to do every single day is to be consciously aware of the whispers and messages and signs and guidance that the unseen realms and all of my guides so generously provide to me. And when I started to heed and honor and step forward from those guidances, I got taken into a whole new portal and gateway and path of, of living. And I started being guided to all of these different healers and, and shamans. I mean, you name it across the board, everything from, you know, leech therapy to soul retrieval. I mean, I've, feel like at this point I've, I've pretty much done it all, but what started to happen in my devotion to facing myself and my devotion to just healing myself, cause that was the, that was the intention. I just knew I needed to heal, but it started unbeknownst to me for quite some time. It was taking me home to the truth of my own soul and returning me home to the truth and remembrance of my earth mission. And one day when I was sitting with some sisters, I was in the midst of one of many spiritual fires and initiations and um, really moving through a lot of transcendence and crying and explaining to these uh, three sisters what I was going through that day. And in the midst of this medicinal share, the name, the medicine name, Rockstar Shaman, got sent to me. It got downloaded into me. And I spoke it out loud to these sisters. And there was this whole thing that happened. And what I like to express to people, especially those newer to me and my work, is that even when this name got provided to me from Great Spirit, I was very instantaneously aware of the bigness of it, of the power and medicine that it held within it. And it was not something that I took lightly. In fact, I was quite 
um, resistant to it in a lot of respects. And I went on a guided shamanic journey that evening and called forward Jesus, Ascended Master Jesus, who is my main guide this lifetime, to talk to him and ask, you know, is this name, I want you to affirm, where did it get delivered from? Because the last place that I, I wanted was to be using this name from a place of ego. And um, it was affirmed in that journey, this is why you are here. This is your medicine name. And the rock star part of it means the place from which I choose to live and the place from which my shamanic, shamanic medicine path walks, rock being my connection and honoring reverence to great mother earth and the star part being my connection and honoring reverence into source, great spirit. And it's that vertical line of connecting into great mother earth that vertical line that runs up through the center line of my own being that runs into my heart where I'm very human and very shaman and then runs vertically up into source consciousness. It's that line that I do my absolute best every day to hold and be in clear connection with. So that's where the name comes from. So Rockstar was really kind of, uh, what would be, what would be the word? Almost a channel in a sense that that those two words in that title came to you and you were reluctant to accept it at first. Yes. Yes. It, I could feel the bigness of it. I could feel the responsibility of it. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of medicine and a lot of layers and a lot of textures to a name like that. Um, and it's, and it's also a name that I regularly check in on. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I did another, you know, tune in to great spirit to ask again, you know, is this still a part of the work? Is this, is this still to be a part of my assignment to continue to use this name? Um, because in another way, because I'm a big fan of doing integrity checks and along the way, an, another way I was able to really land and trust within myself that the name wasn't from ego. It's because I, I personally, when I go to a party or an event, it's not like I'm walking around, like telling everyone that I'm a shaman. I'm, I'm kind of actually, I, I might seem outgoing or extroverted, but in social gatherings, I tend to be more in observer mode and, you know, kind of, kind of lay back uh, a, a little bit. And so I, I tune in um, very often to see if I'm to still be using that name and title and it uh, continues to be affirmed that I should. And so I just have to trust. Again, my intention is to be of service and to be aligned with my earth mission. And so if using that medicine name, Rockstar Shaman, um, is of service and, and to help the highest, greatest earthly good of all, then I'm, I'm willing to use it. But it's, it's not a name that my mind or that I personally would choose to use. It's, it's, it's not an easy brand name to put out there. Trust me, it can be very triggering sometimes for people. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I'm like, yeah, I get to talk to the rock star shaman. So I, I was looking forward to it. And it's interesting, the the experience that you described, the major life upheaval caused what you also call in the book, a transmutation, uh, a huge change. And I see that a lot with people where sometimes it'll be with sobriety, where they'll, they'll hit rock bottom 
and have to go through this big life change. But I don't think that you necessarily have to hit that point, do you, to really make that shift? I would concur and agree wholeheartedly that you do not have to have that happen. Um, And that's where, and I'm glad you brought this up because I love to speak on this and to help remind people that, yeah, if we're, if we're willing to open ourselves up to all of the many forms of guidance, whether it's our body intelligence, you know, it can come in so many different shapes and form the, the information and advice that's trying to course correct us or get us into healthier alignment with ourselves and our life. If we can just listen and take part in that co-creation. No, we absolutely don't have to get pulled into a divine intervention setting. For me, it did require that because I was so staunchly resisting for years, all of the many forms of intelligence and communications that were coming in. I mean, my body I was going through severe panic attacks. I was suffering from autoimmune disorders. And on an emotional level, I was in regular, pretty intense anguish and suffering on a daily basis. Um, But I, for some reason, seemed to really struggle to pluck myself out of that previous long-term relationship that was just a cycle of a lot of toxicity, distortion, dysfunction. Um, And I like to be very open and honest about that because, you know, on paper, I might seem or look like someone who would maybe not be in a situation like that on paper at that time, you know, I was very quote unquote successful, externally successful in a lot of ways, you know, a national champion athlete and a daytime television talk show host. And, and it also appeared that that previous relationship was good. Um, you know, I'm sure to the public, we might've seemed like we had it all together, but internally on a soul level, there was so much pain. And from all of that, um, I coined this term that I like to share sometimes and the, the term is, or the phrase is winning, but lost because I was winning externally, but losing and lost on the inside. So that's where, you know, the real miracle started was when I started to face myself and do that inward work. I love that you're sharing that because we're in this world where we're all seeing everybody's best face forward on social media. And, you know, this person looks so perfect and great and their life is so much better than mine. And I, and I fall into that too. And I'll, and I'll even, I'll even be honest and say, like, when I looked at your website, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she has, she has this all together. You know, she's beautiful. The platform's awesome. So I better really bring my A game when we have this conversation, you know, but the, the energy that I'm feeling from you is very open and, and honest and sincere, but it is funny. Like we, maybe women more so than men do this. Like we immediately will go to that place of, oh, they're better than me. I'm not good enough. Or, and, and a lot of that is just a veneer and smoke and mirrors. So I, I, I like that you shared that. It's, yeah. it's helpful. Yeah, I've definitely had to face a lot of really crunchy um, aspects about myself, especially when I had that awakening. I had to take a, a, a lot of responsibility 
you know, I did, I had to take a good, long, hard look at myself and had many additional rude awakenings after that initial one where I, I had to ask why, why was I allowing myself to be in that relationship for almost two decades where it was at times very abusive and, and almost daily, very dishonoring and especially had to look at the physical vessel, the physical body part of it, because, um, I realized my ex was suffering from sex addiction um, amongst other things when that veil lifted and I was really um, allowing my physical body to be dishonored throughout the entire course of that relationship. So, you know, I had to face that and then put in years of work of unraveling that knot and doing thread after thread of layer after layer of healing and facing and transcending to really get to the back end root of what was causing that, what was propelling me to let myself be in a situation like that. But out of that experience, a great healing and transformation took place. And Ken, also for everybody that's out there listening, if you're thinking you're in that situation, you're, you're definitely not stuck. And this, this transformation came to you, you know, through working in shamanism. And, you know, I learned something reading just even in the, in the beginning of your book, that the root of the word shaman comes from ancient Siberia. And I had always thought that it was... Native American origin, but really shamanism has been practiced by ancient cultures around the world. So really its practices are open to anyone. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, shamanism, uh, many view it as the world's oldest healing spiritual art and the world's oldest spiritual practice. And, um, you know, my connection to the most ancient truths that shamanism embodies and holds is is compassion and unconditional love and it's it's the all-encompassing unifying field and so yes it it definitely affirms in in many different ways especially when it comes to the energetic truths and medicines and transmissions of the heart and core and foundation of what shamanism is um it's it's the invitation for living beings, whether of this world or otherworldly, to learn how to attune to planet Earth and the unseen realms. It's shamans are, are beings who walk with feet in both worlds, equal parts of this earth and of otherworldly. And so um, it, it is an invitation for anyone to step onto the shamanic path. And like you said, uh, you know, there are shamanic traditions that have been held and revered for thousands of years on nearly every continent, um, whether it's Celtic shamanism, Peruvian shamanism, uh, Sri Lankan shamanism. I mean, it's it's really one of my favorite parts of watching where the path has led me. Um, you know, like I've shared first and foremost, my medicine connection is directly into great mother earth and source. But then what's been beautiful because it's such an ancient practice and it is such a global one um, to watch where I have been guided in different places um, and specific cultural shamanic traditions to be able to sit with different elders and hear their sacred songs and receive blessings from them. And um, it's truly a path that is 
never ending in terms of infinite exploration and evolution for yourself and your understanding of the world. It's, it's fascinating. (laughs) It is. It's really fascinating. I mean, I've been interested for a long time about the different practices and I wanted to ask you about some of the misconceptions. Like some people may think that, well, you know, I'm, I'm rooted in my Christianity and I, and I love that practice can shamanism complement that, you know, can, can it work together? Or maybe some people might think that, well, this is, this is patriarchal, like a patriarchal thing. I'm, I'm only seeing like the medicine man or something like that in, in their mind when really it is very feminist, I would think. I yes. mean, it's very much about female empowerment. I mean, did you have to kind of overcome some of those misconceptions Absolutely. Yes. It's been a big part of my journey, honestly, is, you know, hitting up against a lot of those misconceptions. And, um, you know, I really, uh, a number of years ago, it started to come in very, very loud and clear that I needed to get into greater acceptance that I am an educator, that I'm not just a shaman, that I'm not just a spiritual teacher, but in walking this path and um, the deeper I got and the more years I was on it, um, you know, every shaman is different and every shaman's path is different in terms of what we're meant to embody and, and, and share and transmit in terms of medicine out into the world. Um, and the instructions started to come in very loud and clear, like, Allison, you have a responsibility here to educate and help return people back to these truths. And yeah, one of those misconceptions that I'm glad that you brought up and, and, and like you touched on at the top of the interview, it's like when you, when you hear, especially over here in the U S if you hear the word shaman, what do you think of? And I would guess that most times the picture of me is not what comes to mind, you know, a modern looking, fashionable, um, somewhat attractive woman from the Midwest, um, is maybe not the vision that comes to your mind's eye, but most of the original shamans, uh, were, were women and most of the, you know, original ancient drummers of planet earth were, were women, but somehow along the way, uh, it did start to pivot into, uh, what seemed to be, or feel like a male oriented, uh, pathway. And I've been very clear, um, in a lot of different ways that that's part of why I've been given that responsibility to specifically use the title and the word shaman. And it's, it's to hold that space and hold that place as a woman shaman and to help anchor in that return to those truths and remembrance, um, that women are very, very powerful medicine people. And I, as I was reading your bio, just thinking of like misconceptions, you know, you work with a lot of global brands like the New York Times, Saks, Barney's, you know, some of these venerable institutions, Bloomingdale's. And I could imagine like you're going to a corporate event and if someone wasn't aware that a shaman would be speaking, you know, would there was there surprise like, <laughs> what what is this person saying? You know, just they, they maybe they weren't ready for you. 
Yeah, you know, it's been a really wondrous journey um, observing because again, with every shaman being different and and having a different shamanic transmission and, and medicine and mission, it's been fascinating for me to witness and start to connect those dots of understanding of, oh, one of the main reasons I had these 20 years of a background in the entertainment industry and in the media worlds um, is so that I have an understanding of how to weave, of how to go into these global brands, of how to go on the HBO film festival stage in front of 10,000 people and guide them in the heart of New York City on a guided shamanic journey. And had I not had that previous life that I had before my awakening, I probably wouldn't be the weaver that I am, but I'm definitely a bridge to unite the worlds of the mainstream and the media with the worlds of consciousness and shamanism. And I'm sure you've read a lot of the, um, what's the word, surveys or research that that's been done lately, the past couple of years, showing that people are moving away from the religious traditions that they were brought up from as, as kids. You know, a lot of people are becoming more secular. Do you think that this practice or these ideas, even though it's so ancient, like it seems like it's time is coming back, you know, yes. like now's the time to embrace this. People are open to hearing this message. Yes, there's something very grand and miraculous that's occurring with, um, it even kind of makes me want to belch up some stuff and, excuse me, it actually happened. Um, <laughs> there's an extraction process. There's this whole beautiful um, shadow revelation and extraction and upheaval. And there's this monumental metamorphosis that is occurring on our planet right now. And through these, what can feel like um, potentially very scary healing layers and aspects that are coming up, it's, it's part of the process. It's on, on a macro scale, it's not unlike the process I needed to go through on my own micro scale when I had my veil lifting and spiritual awakening. It was discombobulating. It was terrifying at times. I didn't know up from down. I could feel that everything was changing, but I was somehow sometimes scared to take that next step. But then I would get a message from the other side that was clear and I somehow would tap into the courage to take the next step. But you know, the, the shadow revelation process, um, yeah, it can be, it can be very, very interesting. Um, gosh, darn it. What was your original question? How did I get on that tangent? Oh, about what's going on in the world? Yeah. Just, I, well, I've heard this time described as the divine chaos, you know, yes. and I, I just find it interesting that a teacher, you know, that you're like the right teacher for this time even though this practice is so old and ancient and may have like been buried or, or, you know, changed over the years 
that with people kind of moving away from traditional religious traditions that they were brought up in, that they're embracing this. Yes. And, thank and you're you. such a great voice for it. <laughs> Don't you. worry, I, I'll steer you back. I got lost <laughs> in the uh, ethereal realms. Um, yeah, no, no, I love it. But hold that thought. We're just, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back talking more with Allison Charles and we're going to dive more into the book. We have to get into this animal power, 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. We'll be right back. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me today. I'm talking with Allison Charles, and she's just sharing some amazing truths with us today and her wisdom about how shamanism is being embraced by more and more people. We were talking a little bit about this before the break, and I was just kind of marveling about the the fact that such an old and ancient tradition is being embraced in a new and modern way. I guess was the, the gist of the question I was I was telling uh, talking to you about, and how you're kind of you know one of the people leading the way. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, in that divine chaos and beautiful, miraculous, but um, at times scary shadow extraction process that the entire planet and all living beings are going through. uh, Yeah, you know, it's, it's a beautiful journey that we just need to trust in. And there, it's all guiding us in the right direction. But right now, what's most important is really focusing on ourselves and taking time to be in silence and taking time to go inward. And if you've been, you know, resistant to meditation or breath work or Reiki or whatever the spiritual modality is, examine that resistance. And if you feel guided, try to transcend that and lean in because you have stored within you with your own navigational, inner navigational system, you you can find your way and you will find your way. And if you just commit to facing yourself and doing your own work, that's truly how you can be of greatest service for all living beings and humanity at this time. But yes, right now in this alchemical process, what's happening with all of 
all of these energetic processes that we're going through, it's touching these most ancient truth places within us that remember. And so even if previously, um, yeah, maybe church was more your thing or previously when you would hear talk of astrology or a numerologist, you might've poo-pooed it or like wrinkled your nose, but maybe you're noticing in the last year or two, like there's more of an intrigue or now when you hear that there's a meditation event, you're like surprised at this feeling in your lower belly. That's kind of guiding you there. And you're like, wait, what? I, I used to really, you know, be perplexed by this, but trust in these expansions because it's just these ancient truths and energetic wisdoms that live within you that are having more of a space to move and to inform you and communicate with you. Right, right. Things are expanding. And we, and we probably know a lot of this on a cellular level, like this is in our DNA we're just kind of waking up to it. Yes. And you, you had mentioned this earlier in our talk about the ability to walk in two worlds, that the shaman has the ability to do that. And I know a lot of people are interested in entering these realms, maybe for different reasons. And there's been a lot of research done lately on things like ayahuasca. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Ram Dass and read all of his work and, and the stuff he was doing back in the 60s with LSD before it was kind of co-opted as just a way to get high, you know? So I just was curious about what you think about working with things like ayahuasca and what you would caution or advise people mm. to do who are interested in this, because you shouldn't try to enter those realms lightly, right? It's not just let's party. Absolutely not. The complete antithesis. Yes. And I, I, you're asking such great questions. I'm glad you're bringing all of these, these things up. So when I give talks, um, on, on this subject matter, the point I most try to drive home is if you are wanting to sit in a ceremonial experience that involves any plant medicine, whether it's ayahuasca or San Pedro or uh, uh, Kana or peyote, whatever, whatever it is, ask yourself and really sit with this as long as you need to and be as real and honest with yourself as you can. Is it my mind or the divine? Because I really, truly believe that the only time we should enter into those sacred experiences at that level is if it's a true divine calling. If the spirit of these plants is truly, are truly making their way over to you, entering into your heart, entering into your energetic field, your aura, your soul, and sending you the invitation that it's time. I believe that that's the only place from which one should step forward and enter into a plant medicine space is from the true divine calling. It's It should never be from my mind thinks that it's cool or I'm witnessing other people I know doing it. It's, it's like, is my belly, is my soul guiding me into that place? And yes, you know, to your other part of that question, there's a lot that you should take your time to sit with and be an awareness around in terms of who is facilitating, um, who is holding space and 
to me, what's most important is embodiment and integrity. If, if you feel that you are truly divinely being called to enter into a plant medicine ceremony, then the next question is, okay, who are the facilitators? And taking your time, you know, really tuning in and learning to trust yourself. Maybe you look at a picture of them, or maybe you sit at your altar in a brief meditation and just um, hear their name in your mind and tune into, it doesn't matter how old they are or where they come from on the planet. What matters is, do they feel embodied with the work? Can you feel a texture that these people walk the talk, that they have faced their own shadows, that they are of in a pure divine alignment? Are they in integrity? Embodiment integrity are the two most important things. And, you know, so once you move through some of these layers and if, and if, and if you haven't moved through these layers and the ceremonies tomorrow, well, then maybe that's not the time for the ceremony for you. Facilitators offer, often offer them many different times. And if it's meant for you, it will circle back into your field of awareness or your town or your city. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be aware of. I just want to take another moment to tune in to see if there's another thread around this piece that wants to be spoken of because it is really important. So one second, please. Yeah. And the other thing that just came in, it's, um, you know, the spirits of the plants came in and they said, talk to us. So again, if you feel you're being called uh, another way to really get dialed in so that you can enter in from that crystal clear place that this is a full mind, body, spirit, soul, yes for me is, um, you know, if you're hearing the call of peyote, sit and talk to it, you know, ask it, um, are you truly calling to me? Um, what would you like for me to know? Do you have a message for my heart? Is there an intention for this ceremony that you want to uh, work with me to create, uh, whatever the question is, start that honoring reverence and connection line to the spirit of that plant before you even arrive to the ceremony. So there are lots of things that you can do, um, to make sure that it's truly for you, but it's definitely never something that should be rushed. I was on the shamanic path and out as a shaman for many, many, many years before any spirits of any plants called to me. And it would surprise some people when they would find out, oh, you're a shaman and you've never done plant medicine. And I would say yes. And it was a big part of my education process is helping people remember that you can align with your calling and your gifts without having to sit in a plant medicine ceremony. I was fully activated just from my connection to great mother earth and to source. Um, I have sat in, and worked in a reverent sacred way with many medicines, um, and do facilitate with Kana, but, uh, it, it took me many years to arrive to this place. That's good advice. And I think also what I, I took from what you were saying is that you have to really sit with your reason and your intent of why you want to do this should really be clear. And then also definitely make sure that you're entering into this with someone who has the credentials, who knows what they're doing, you know, not your buddy down the street who happened to get whatever he got. Yeah. I, a thing that I see a lot are because this, when you enter onto the spiritual path, it can be incredibly exhilarating and, you know, and lit, literally mind blowing. And when you start to, 
you know, hear or see these guides and entities and beings from these other realms, it can be enthralling and it can be, you can get really enraptured in it. And what I've witnessed in my many lifetimes doing this work and over a decade doing this work this lifetime is a lot of people getting ahead of themselves, getting caught up in the excitement or the identity or wanting to be viewed as special or wanting to be viewed as a plant medicine facilitator and the root end place that's driving them, in my opinion, is not of pure embodiment and of divinity. So, uh, so yeah, you you have to to really be mindful because when you are opening up the gateways and portals into those other realms, there's so much that enters in in those ceremonies. And if the space is not held in a pristine, safe sacred way. Um, there are endless tales and stories, uh, you know, people that I personally know that have taken, you know, a, a year plus to return back to themselves and have had to go to other healers to help, you know, get back oriented within their own being um, because the space was not properly held. I do want to shift a little bit and talk about the book because this book is amazing. I love the artwork. I have to say that it's beautiful. And the information that you're sharing in connecting people with their par their power animals is going to be so healing and so helpful for so many people. Um, I wanted to ask you about something that came up as, as I was reading it, because I, I have a problem with people who think that they have a connection to a certain animal, but it it might it's for the wrong reasons. Like, for example, people that have to own or collect big cats or something like that. It's not really that they love the animal, right? They're, they just want to have a trophy or that horrible guy, the tiger King who was really abusing the animals, in my opinion, dragging them around drugged animals in front of people and anything to hurt an animal is just so horrific to me. Um, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like people who may say, Oh, I, I want to work with this, this realm but their intent is not really, not really clear or in the best interest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's similar to what we were just going into in those waters of the sacredness of working with spirits of plants, you know, working with the spirits of these animal allies should be held with, you know, the same level of respect and, and, and reverence. I mean, these animals came in to me, they were the first allies. When I had that divine intervention, um, I was guided to work, like I said, with a number of shamans, my aunt being one of them. And in that uh, soul retrieval journey that my aunt facilitated for me, my core power animal, the black jaguar came in. And then there were three supporter power animals that entered the frog, the deer and the bear. So those four allies came in at a time where I needed help more than any other time in my life. And they provided endless miracles to me. They still do. The deer has actually, you know, stayed with me for over a decade and played a huge monumental role in me doing all the inner healing I needed to do um, to be in a healthy relationship that I'm now in with my with my now husband, Luke's story. And there's a whole other tale of the deer because um, Kayumari is the sacred blue deer, which is the totem for peyote. And it was through a sacred peyote ceremony that Luke and I realized we were to be, not be friends, but we were to be together. And so, I mean, I could tell 
endless stories of how these power animal guides have changed the entire trajectory of my life for the better. And so if that gives, you know, the community here, especially those who are newer to this work, any inkling of the power of why we should work with them and respect, um, I hope that that sheds some light on it. And that brings uh, my next question was about the power animal. And you share in the book, the black jaguar is the animal that is yours. Um, so the core power animal is with us for our entire life. Taking these steps to find it, I guess, is important. So how, like, how would I find my core power animal? Yeah, my most recommended way is to go on a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman. Uh, so I do have a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate with my drum on my website for people who, um, for this, if this work is speaking to you uh, and you get this journey for free when you order the book, because I thought to myself, cause that is the big question, right? People are like, wow, this is interesting to me. And I would love to know what my power animal is. How do I do it? So I thought, okay, the biggest gift that I can give to people, um, that get the book is to be able to experience that for themselves because yes, I, I can channel an animal live for you right now. If you gave me permission, I'd be happy to tune in and the animals present right away. And in real time, I can tell you the message that the animal has for you. And I do that for some people in interviews. But to me, that's not that's not as empowering for you or for the community. What's most empowering is for you to actually go on a shamanic journey, get taken into the other realms, be able to call to, to learn how to tune into your heart, set the intention. And then in the journey, allow this animal to reveal and you yourself have your own experience looking into its eyes, asking it questions, receiving the medicine tra transmissions and blessings that this animal has for you. So in a sacred relationship of this caliber, I think the most powerful way to do the work is in a guided shamanic journey. But the other ways you can have awareness of the animals that are trying to support you in dream time, they love to come in while you sleep. So maybe keep a little dream journal and a pen next to your bed and jot down how they presented, if they spoke to you. Um, and then in just in, in a normal meditation, uh, you can close your eyes and, you know, they will, they will come to you. People's gifts work in different ways. I have all of my Claire gifts activated so I can smell them. I can feel them. I can hear their messages. I can see them, but sometimes they'll come in in one of those forms. But if you sit in a meditation and, and just say sacred power animal realm, I'm feeling the call to work with you. I would love um, to have one of you reveal if you wish to reveal to me at this time and just sitting with your eyes closed, connected to your breath and your heart and just wait and just see if you gain an awareness of an animal that's coming in. The last way is in waking life. If you're going about your day and during the week, you constantly hear about ladybugs and then you go on your balcony and there's four ladybugs on your table. And then, you know, you see a picture of one later, clearly that animal's trying to get your attention. And that's a big reason why I wanted to create animal power guidebook. So you can then go to the book and understand what, what is this animal trying to tell me? And there's 100 power animals that you share in this book. And I love what you're saying about 
having people empower themselves to go into a meditation. And I hope people go to your site. It's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, AllisonCharles.com, and check out the meditation and the other resources that you have available on the site, because I think people oftentimes want someone who they think is you know, a psychic or clairvoyant or something like that to tell, tell me what to do, you know, <laughs> like you tell me, but no, really, I have the information. I just have to excavate it. Right. So getting it from our own meditation, like you're saying is really a lot more powerful than me just saying to you, you know, oh, Allison, what do you think my power animal is? Yeah. you're. When, when, I, when I kind of have an idea of what some of them are just from, from reading over the book and paying attention to dreams and things like that. Cool. Yeah. I, because I, I'm just a huge advocate of not outsourcing your own power, you know, and, and the more that you do those inner processes and practices, you learn to trust yourself and that trust muscle grows and strengthens and expands. And honestly, if I had to pick a top three saving grace of a gift to activate, to, you know, hold steady through those, through these times on earth and to hold steady on the spiritual path, it's trusting in yourself. And you're not going to strengthen that muscle if you're constantly asking someone else what they think um, is meant for you or, or yeah, like what they see for you. Tune in and see what you see for yourself. Because I think we all have that ability and we just have ignored it or tamped it down or decided, well, I'm going to have someone else tell me what to do. Or you're you know, afraid of it too. Yeah. And we're skeptical, you know, like people are skeptical of energy medicine or working with that because you can't see it. You can't taste it. It's not a pill. You know, how is this going to work? It's interesting just to open yourself up to that and be more open to bringing in this information and, and more aware. Of, of how it can work in your life. Yeah, there's a beautiful study I wish I could remember. It, she's like a water scientist, I think from New Zealand. But my husband and I were watching these videos last night. Um, and I know there's been other similar studies done, but she has been doing this work for many, many years and has just come out with the uh, you know video evidence of her testing the structure of water that's from wells, from natural springs, um, from, you know, city, city water supplies, and then cross checking it when someone infuses Reiki healing energy into it and, um, you know, spiritual prayers. And it is wild to see how the structure changes after a prayer or after Reiki energy is sent to the water or after, um, the water is set next to, um, like a picture of a gorilla, like the structure of the water took on the picture of the gorilla. It's really, I mean, and, and also the last thing I'll say about that is it's by divine design that the power and potency and the miracles of the unseen realms are unseen. It, it wants to require us to learn how to have faith in it. It wants us to learn how to attune to what we call the great mystery. And if everything was right in our face and tangible, the way the earth realm is, it we wouldn't have to access those wisdoms and ancient truths within us if everything operated just as the earth plane operates. The unseen realms and world and, and the great mystery and the energy medicine operates differently for a reason. It's been so cool to talk with you. We have just a, a couple of minutes left. So I, I wanted to ask you about some of the animals that have come up for me. Mm. And as I was reading the book, 
And the one that I thought was really interesting was alligator. And not just because I'm from Florida, people would think, oh, that's an obvious choice. But I've had uh, several dreams, not recently, but over the past that I've taken note, like, why am I dreaming about alligators? I really don't like them. I think they're kind of disgusting. <laughs> you know, it's not like a cute, cuddly animal. But then when I read the meaning of what alligator meant in your book, that really made sense to me. Mm. So there's a reason why that one comes up. Which, what was the, because there's different messages and keyword attributes for the alligator. Do you remember which theme spoke to you the most? I think it was, you know, to tap into my divine spirit, maybe be more open to the realms that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the, in the one, and I always, I don't remember all my dreams. I do keep a dream journal because, because I love that. But in the one dream I remember of alligator, I was, I was swimming or something and the alligator passed me and I kind of took note of it. And then the alligator turned around and started following me. In the dream. Mm, that's really powerful. Yeah. Cause as I'm, I'll do a tune in myself in a second, but I open the book to the page and it, those do stand out to me because the portion at the top that says when to work with me for the alligator, it says when you are ready to let yourself see truth, when you want to further develop your spiritual gifts and abilities, and when you want to evoke magic and miracles. Um, so definitely those medicines align for you on that. Let me just see if alligator comes in and has anything that it wants to share right now. Mm. So it's always interesting when they present. So it came in right away, but it took me directly to like its, its scales, uh, you know, the texture of its skin and how at first it could feel intimidating, you know, because it, it's a different feel, you know, to, to imagine running your hands over the back of an alligator and feeling the protrusions and the texture, it can almost feel scary or intimidating. So that's where it took me to first. So let me see what message it's trying to connect with that one second. Hmm. It's this message of, cause then it took me into the waters. So let me find the words for it. It's, it's this theme of being attuned to your spiritual gifts and abilities can have an ease and a grace and a gentleness, um, I think, beyond perhaps what you might have thought possible for yourself. One second, I can feel there's a little bit more coming in. Stand by. Yeah. And it can feel, it's took me to its like little legs and feet, you know, kind of <laughs> like wading through the water that it doesn't have to feel daunting, that your gifts, when when you decide that you want to open them to the next level, that you're just going to be held in these graceful waters around them. It's not going to feel daunting or challenging. H have you hit up against that at all in the past where you, okay. Yes, it, it, to it totally makes so much sense. And it's so interesting you keyed in on the texture of the, the skin and everything. Cause as, as I was reading what alligator meant, that's what I kind of went to was when you talked about the meditation and like running your hands over the alligator and, and feeling, and I could feel what he, what he felt. And then he said, imagine laying on the alligator. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to lay on the alligator. Uh, but that's kind of where I went to was the feeling and, and the texture of, you know, maybe I need to have some alligator skin and be a little bit, a little bit stronger and thicker let well, things bounce it's off. It's going to help you transcend that notion that 
the next level of your spiritual abilities is going to feel um, daunting or challenging. It's it's working with alligator is going to help you attune to the truth that it's actually going to be really graceful and easy for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I've really enjoyed this. I love the book, Power Animals by Allison Charles. And join Allison online. Check out her podcast as well, Ceremony Circle Podcast. And it's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, Charles.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a fun time with you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>